0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Yeah, via the internet, like we invented it. What are we, a bunch of Marconis or freaking Alexander Graham Bells? Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, home in Concord, North Carolina, home for a whole six days. Uh, So in tonight's show, in Pipe Parts, uh, I found an interesting article that really kind of defines the four basic types of tobacco. So we'll go over that in Pipe Parts. Uh, My guest is, uh, hey, also here in Concord, North Carolina, uh, Lance Leslie, who is an artist and a pipe restoration guy, so we'll talk to him. Uh, Mailbag music, specifically to celebrate the 100th anniversary of World War I. Uh, In the mailbag, I'll talk a little bit about what went on in my trip to uh, Denver, or Boulder, and uh, hey, And a rant coming up, all that on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, So it's uh, coming up on uh, the end of August. And uh, don't forget, this weekend I will be in uh, Dublin, Ohio, right outside of Columbus for the NASPC show. If you're going, stop by, say hi. Um, I am making a a special effort this year because of all the new uh, regulations involved and stuff. To uh, bring a little bit of extra money for the uh, raffle, uh, for the door prize raffle drawings that the NASPC does, it's their primary way of funding the show, So I'm going to bring some extra money. So if you're going to the uh, if you're going to the show this year, bring an extra five bucks more than you normally would and uh, buy raffle tickets. They always have some great prizes. And then of course I'm looking forward to uh, our traditional Saturday night dinner with. Uh, a group of friends after the show and then Sunday the Columbus Zoo. One of the joys of uh, travel is hey I get to actually go and have a fun thing here and there so I'll be hanging out at the Columbus Zoo. All right so don't forget come by say hi to me at the Columbus Pipe Show let's get the show rolling so thank you all for tuning in thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company and here we go.
1: My name is Shane Ireland and I'm the pipe manager at smokingpipes.com. It's my job to source and select the absolute best pipes from all over the world. We take collecting seriously, so you should think of us as your team of personal pipe shoppers. When you browse our site and make your selection, the pipe you've picked out has traveled from the maker to our merchandising and quality control department. It was then given to our highly skilled photographers, videographers, and copywriters before being carefully and lovingly packaged by our shipping team. The pipe you see is the pipe you get, and it's just the one you've been searching for. Whether you're on the hunt for that next special piece to add to your collection or would simply like a recommendation from our extensive selection of tobaccos, give us a call at 1-888-366-0345 and our friendly experts will be glad to assist you. We are quality. We are experts. We are collectors. We are smokingpipes.com.
0: Welcome back in uh, just a minute. My neighbor Lance will be on the phone with me. Uh, Not really neighbors on the other side of the county. Uh, In the meantime, there were some interesting statistics that were brought up in uh, pipe tobacco at the uh, conference last week. So it got me thinking, and then I found an interesting article that kind of defines the four different kinds of tobaccos out there. So, all right, here we go. The uh, tobacco production globally, all right, tobacco production globally. The United States is now fourth behind China, India, and Brazil. China the biggest, and of course none of that really makes it out of the country of China. Uh, But India and Brazil, and then there's uh, 5th, 6th, 7th is uh, Africa, parts of Africa, Malaysia, anyway. uh, But the United States is 4th. In the states in the Union that are still growing tobacco, uh, the state of North Carolina home state here so uh, represents about 50% of all the tobacco grown in the United States and if I'm doing my math right it's about 3.75 million pounds of tobacco that was grown according to uh, the statistics that were reported for 2015 that's 3.75 million pounds. Uh, The next closest state with uh, 104 149 million pounds was Kentucky, and then you get a bunch of states that still do a significant amount. Uh, Virginia, Tennessee, Georgia, then South Carolina, Pennsylvania, and what surprised me was Ohio at about about 36,000 pounds of tobacco reported. Uh, that doesn't include of course like the states of maryland where there is still some small farms growing uh doesn't include uh yeah the uh obviously the tobacco grown in louisiana and uh, doesn't include the cigar tobacco that's still grown in connecticut and there's some up in wisconsin so there's a little bit of a rundown on an update of what's going on here in the u.s and of course. Tobacco growing is declining as farmers are quitting it and moving into other things. Uh, now, from the TobaccoLeaf.org group, there are four basic types of tobaccos that are used for uh, used for smoking or consumption tobaccos out there. Uh, flu cured is the uh, cured is the most common and it's used mainly in the manufacture of cigarettes the most common type of flu cured tobacco is virginia and i'm reading directly from their website uh this tobacco is also known as bright tobacco because the heat drying process gives the leaf a bright golden color originally from the southeastern u.s state of the same name of virginia uh it is today the most grown tobacco variety in the world now i'll add in there that uh that Virginias, as we call them in the pipe world, depending on the sugar content, will come out in different colors. So you'll have anywhere from a golden to an orange, uh, golden to yellow to orange to even a red Virginia. Uh, today, it also says in here that uh, flu-cured tobacco is dried in a closed building with a furnace-driven heat directed from flues or pipes that extend from a furnace into the barn. Uh, The temperature of the furnace is gradually raised until the leaves and stems are completely dried. Flu flu curing takes about a week and fixes the natural sugar of the leaf, which has a high sugar and a medium to high nicotine content. Uh, Today, many farmers find that bulk curing flu cured tobacco is far more cost effective. Racks of tobacco are placed in bulk barns where heat and ventilation are controlled while air is forced through the leaves. All right, the, uh, the next type is air-cured tobacco, and it says some tobacco leaves are air-cured following their harvest. Air-cured tobacco is traditionally cured hanging in structures with a roof, but with open sides to allow air to freely circulate. Now, you may see those pictures of the tobacco barns where they're open on both sides and stacks of rows of hands tied up there. That's what we're talking about here. Um, As with flu curing, the aim of air curing is a timely removal of moisture from tobacco leaves. The process takes four to eight weeks. If cured too fast, the leaf will become patchy. If cured too slowly, the leaf will rot away. Uh, Commonly, air-cured tobacco is subdivided into dark-air-cured and light-air-cured. Burley is the second most popular tobacco in the world belonging to the light, air-cured variety. Burley, also known as white burley tobacco, is primarily used to make cigarettes and aromatic blends, whereas dark, air-cured tobaccos are mainly used for in the production of chewing tobacco and snuff. So there you go, I learned something on that one. Uh, burley is a slightly smaller plant than the flu-cured Virginia type, but with similarly broad leaves once picked, its leaves are dried and naturally or air cured without the use of extra heat. And there's more about there uh, referring to stuff as anytime a burley is used in a cigarette, it's considered to be an American style cigarette. Uh, our American aromatic pipe tobaccos tend to be more burley based, where European aromatic tobaccos are more Virginia based. Uh, flu cured. Although curing methods may vary, all flue-cured tobaccos are subjected to wood smoke to dry the leaves. It is the type of wood used to smoke the tobacco leaves and the amount of smoke exposure that gives fire-cured tobacco leaves their distinctive flavor. So here we can purely think in pipe terms like uh, dark-fired burleys or uh, fire-cured latakias. Uh, Down at the bottom it says fire-cured tobacco is dried with low-burning wood fires on the floors of closed curing barns. The leaves have low sugar content but high nicotine content. Fire-cured tobacco is a robust variety of tobacco used as a condimental for pipe blends, cigarettes, chewing tobacco, snuff, and strong-tasting cigars. So uh, it made me wonder if uh, sometimes with your uh, Latakia-based blends, uh, is the uh, nicotine in the in the fire cured something that's affecting you? Uh, sun-cured tobaccos is a comparatively small amount of tobacco. Leaves are exposed to the sun to remove most of their moisture before being air-cured to complete the process. Of all sun-cured tobaccos, the best known are the so-called Oriental tobaccos of Turkey and Greece in the area where before used by Yugoslavia and Balkans. Uh, a more labor-intensive product to harvest, Oriental tobacco is characterized by high aroma from small leaves, being low in both sugar and nicotine. The leaves are mostly sun-cured. Usually, the larger leaf, the, mi- the, the larger the leaf, the milder the aroma. Hence, Oriental tobacco is regarded as expensive to harvest by many tobacco manufacturers. Oriental tobaccos are often grown in poorer soils in southern Europe and the Middle East. Uh, whereas after other curing process, tobacco is exposed to air to standardize the moisture content of the tobacco or re-dry. Oriental tobaccos are stored in bales and allowed to ferment. After storage, moisture is added to this type of tobacco. Pure Turkish cigarettes contain 100% unblended oriental tobacco or blended oriental tobacco, is mostly used in cigarettes, cigars, pipe, snuff, or chewing tobacco. And we've talked in the past about how they've kind of homogenized all the oriental tobaccos into one standardized leaf, and then we've lost some of the varietals. So I thought that was an interesting, just a simple rundown of the four different types of tobaccos out there on the, uh, in, that are used around the world. Uh, If you have any questions, email me, brian, at pipesmagazine.com, or any comments, post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. All right, in just a minute, Lance will be on the phone with me. This is Internet Radio.
2: It's Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. The cool chill of night still clings to the air as the sun slowly rises over the misty surface of the lake. You've waited all week for just this moment. You know that today is going to be epic. Everything is here to ensure perfection. From the nice full cooler packed with your favorite suds, to the other empty one, waiting to be filled with piles of freshly caught fish. Reaching into your pocket, you pull out your trusty briar and fill it with your favorite tobacco, aptly named Great Outdoors. It is the perfect smoke for moments like these. A strike, a flash, and your tobacco is lit. As the delicious mixture ignites and swirls over your tongue and the deep, rich burlies with a hint of sweet Virginia dance in your mouth, you smile, casting your first line into the water. The slowly widening ripples begin to stir as you feel the first bite of the day tug at your line. Now you know it truly is going to be a good day and a perfect time to enjoy the simple yet unmatchable pleasures of the great outdoors. Great Outdoors is another fine quality pipe tobacco manufactured by Sudliff, America's oldest tobacco company, and is available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Enjoy your perfect day by
0: purchasing a tin today. <laughs> Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show and uh, joining us not from not too far away, uh, literally just the other side of the county is uh, Robert Lance Leslie who is, uh, does pipe repair and smokes a pipe but did some stuff that's even more interesting to me and we'll get into all that so please welcome Lance to the Pipes Magazine radio show Thanks for
3: having me Brian
0: Alright, so let's get to know you. Where did you uh, grow up and what did you go to school for and what did you want to be when you grew up?
3: I grew up in a little town called Possum Kingdom in South Carolina. Um, Went to school to be an artist. uh, Got interested in Disney animation and decided that's what I wanted to do in my life and it didn't work out. It was a little bit too much work. Um, I... uh, Went into that um, when computer animation was just getting started, and so it was still hand traditional drawings, and I ended up doing comic books, and uh, then I got into doing uh, screen print, and um, then I got into uh, refurbishing and uh, restoring tobacco pipe.
0: All right, so when did, when did pipe smoking come into your life?
3: Um, at a very early age, my grandfather was a pipe smoker and I remember, you know, going and smelling his pipes on his pipe rack and bringing friends over and we'd sneak back there and sniff the pipes. And (laughs) so it it was an early age, um, didn't really come back into my life until later and, uh, just decided, Hey, I want to try that. And, uh, been smoking ever since.
0: So did you, uh, did you start out with a basic pipe and uh, try some basic tobaccos and burn your face?
3: I did. Um, I actually went to a um, tobacco shop, or as we call it around here, a head shop, <laughs> and because uh, I didn't know any better. And I picked up a hardwood Missouri meerschaum and a pack of uh, Smoker's Pride uh, rum flavored and went home and ruined my tongue the next day
0: uh, and how long ago was that?
3: Oh, this was back in 2009.
0: And so where did you go to, uh, find out about, uh, find out about how to smoke a pipe and, uh, start, start fine tuning your craft.
3: I, uh, just went on YouTube and, um, actually, uh, started watching the Dagners and, uh, he put out a good uh, thirty-minute instructional, probably the best instructional video for pipe smokers out there. And uh, after that, I was definitely hooked, and that's when I started buying pokers because he smoked pokers, and I started buying his tobaccos he smoked, and um, that was that.
0: <laughs> it it's been all downhill since then.
3: Absolutely.
0: Uh all right so let's go back to the stuff that really interests me and we talked about it when we hung out God was that that was a couple months ago already uh you uh you w- went to art school and then went down to uh Florida and worked for disney
3: I did I went down to uh savannah and started doing some animation classes and uh went uh on there. For- to, uh, Disney and uh, started uh, doing some in-between work and uh, well, the first film that I actually got to do inspirational drawings for was called A Bug's Life yep. and uh, really enjoyed that part of it and then uh, started doing drawings for the uh, the people there of Mickey Mouse um, at the MGM uh, animation studio
0: Alright, now can you tell everybody what in between means and then the next step from that
3: well that yeah that's uh, in between uh you have your animators who uh they're they're animating a scene and um you know for the movies uh they, they, they film um at a different speed than what you would have for vhs or whatever so In the movies, they want the animation to look really smooth, so the animators will do their drawings, and then as an in-betweener, we go in-between each drawing and smooth out the animation between each frame. So I am doing the in-between animation that the major animators would be doing.
0: Now, just because I happen to know a lot of this stuff and absolutely love it, uh, a one-second... Shot on the screen will have about how many drawings?
3: About fourteen hundred and forty drawings
0: <laughs> per second. Per second?
3: No, 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 excuse me. That is per minute.
0: Per minute. Okay. Fourteen
3: hundred and forty. So do
0: the math on that one. <laughs> yeah, but and, it's a lot. And and then after the in below the in betweeners is the background people
3: got the background people, you have, you know, we're talking about 2D traditional animation, you have the celluloid painting, the celluloid inking, then the shooting on the camera, then you have the editing and special effects. If you don't know, there, you can't appreciate animation until you actually see what goes on to put one of these movies or shows together.
0: So you worked on Bugs Life. What else did you work on?
3: Well, we did some, some of the Disney Channel uh, cartoons, the kids' shows, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Um, there's, uh, I can't really remember how many different shows I worked on. It was been so many, but, and that was, a good while ago. I was a little
0: bit younger then. <laughs> yeah, I mean that goes back to the uh to the late very late eighties, early nineties when the Disney MGM studio was an actual working studio and now it's a uh what is it, the Disney Hollywood Studios theme park where they don't even have the animation academy anymore.
4: Well, you
3: act like you've been
0: there before. Um, just once or twice this year. Uh <laughs> But the the Animation Academy, which if you're going to California, they still have it. Uh, so, did you lead those classes? Did
3: I lead the classes? Yeah. The that the general public should go to. I did.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of it was
3: the uh, you know you teach someone how to draw a Mickey Mouse, and and basically it was you know just a straight shot, the circle. Great on shot of Mickey, very simple for you know beginners to try to draw.
0: Ah, uh, all right. So you left Disney and then uh, then you're doing comic book stuff. But you, what, what moved you up here to uh, Concord, North Carolina?
3: Oh uh, well, actually, NASCAR did. Um, I started working for a, a motorsports advertising. Um, sports marketing, Um, it was called Team Racing Auto Circuit. Uh, We were started in Greenville, South Carolina, and then we moved to Huntersville back in 2000. And uh, I commuted for about two years and then decided, hey, I'm just going to have to move up there. And uh, from there, the the company went down, and then I went to uh, Lowe's Motor Speedway and was introduced to Humpy Wheeler. (laughs) <laughs> started doing some of his drawings of his imagination, um, especially the legends cars. Um, he, he wanted to put some faces and character into the legends cars, so I did some of that. Um, I designed the Raceeber car, uh, lugnut car, and the <coughs> Rumbler, which was a kind of looked like something out of the Disney movie cars.
0: Yeah. Now, for those that don't know NASCAR, Humpy Wheeler is probably best described as um, quite a character and almost P.T. Barnum-esque.
3: Absolutely. That's a perfect example. I mean, some of his ideas he got from P.T. Barnum, you know, some wild ideas, but he made them work. And if he couldn't make them work, then he would come up with something else. Yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he was the first one to actually have somebody shot out of a cannon before a race. Yes. All right, so from there, uh I know you've also done some uh t-shirt design work for a whole bunch of other people. So that that seems yeah, to keep... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I went
3: from there to uh to a place uh here in Concord that did NASCAR shirts. And so I started drawing, uh, you know, the the designs for the shirt, and um, that led into uh, doing some designs for Dale Jr. Um, I was uh, instrumental in helping create the logo for his Whiskey River and uh, numerous shirts, and then uh, Stuart Stuart Haas Racing, I even got to design Jimmy Johnson's uh, SpongeBob, a car that he ran at Lowe's uh, seven or eight years ago.
0: I think I was actually at that race.
3: Well, you should have come over and spoke to me then. Uh,
0: I was in a different area called the nosebleed seats. Okay. Gotcha.
3: Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, not exactly down running around the pits, but uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. So let Let's go back to pipe smoking. So did you, I mean, when did you start doing restoration?
3: Well, I actually tried.
0: I, I met a, a fellow here in uh,
3: Concord. His name is uh, Basil Meadow. And uh, he was making pipes. And uh, so I decided to try to pick his brain and learn how he made his pipes. And I started trying to make mine and quickly figured out that there's a lot uh, there's many more talented pipe makers than myself. And, uh, you know, with my artistic background, I still wanted to do something with the pipe. And uh, I stumbled across um, uh, uh, Reborn Pipes. I think you just had uh, him on there, Steve, yep. uh, on a radio show here recently. And I fell in love with his blog and learned a lot from him and started doing it myself.
0: Yeah, because you needed something else to sit and do with your hands. It's uh, tedious work.
3: I, I do, and uh, you know, wintertime can be uh, very boring around here when it gets dark at five o'clock. And to be able to sit up here in the office and mess with pipes is uh,
0: pretty fun. <laughs> uh, how did how did your own pipe collection kind of grow? Did you? Uh did you find find stuff on YouTube that interested you and then started learning about the pipes and buying them?
3: I, I did. Um, you know, my, my first pipe I said was the uh, Missouri Merchant Harborwood, and then I learned about Briar and so I went and got me a uh, Dr. Grabo Omega Bent pipe um, and then from there I learned about the Savinelli's and the Peterson's so uh, my third pipe was a Savinelli which is probably my favorite pipe that I still have. A little short pipe. And uh from there i started seeing the people on YouTube show off their Ashtons and uh Costellos and Dunhills, so I've had to have some of those. Um and so I've got a pretty extensive collection all the way from Doctor Graybow's to uh Dunhills and Costello.
0: <laughs> and and all ranges in between, so
3: Absolutely.
0: All right, we're going to take Can a break. I have some, uh, uh, go ahead. I was just
3: going to say that I have some uh, lower end pipes that smoke just as well as some of my higher end pipes.
0: You know what? We'll take a break right here, and when we come back, I'll ask you specifically about that. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
3: If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation
4: for nothing but the best, you're looking for cuppajoes.com cuppajoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Joes.com is
3: also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cuppajoes.com And be sure to like them on Facebook, cuppajoes.com Quality products at extraordinary prices. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, And the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. For a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry Licoricea, and the striking Archibaldino Red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you.
0: Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with my neighbor on the other side of the county, Lance. And, uh, and the website is bornagainpipes, Pipes dot B-O-R-N-A-G-A-I-N, wordpress.com. So you can uh, see some of his work on there. Uh, so before the break, you said you've got some low-end pipes that smoke just as well as high ends. uh what do you what do you think attributes them to smoking well?
3: You know, I think it's you know a lot of the lower end pipes is probably luck. Uh, the engineering just got done correctly inside the pipe. Um, I, some pipes I look at and I say this thing cannot smoke as good as it it smokes just by the way it looks, but it does. Um, and then some of the you know you have some boo boos in the uh, higher end pipes that. Allow it to gurgle and, you know, not smoke as well, but, you know, there's always a fix for those kind of issues that you can go inside if you know what you're doing and uh, make a poor smoking pipe a great
0: smoking pipe. So do you suggest that we look at the engineering and make sure that there's, like, a a smooth flow through and that the draft hole's at the bottom of the bowl and stuff like that before buying a pipe?
3: Um. It would be a good idea, absolutely. um there's always an exception to the rule um, you know basket pipes are very rarely uh drilled straight, but I' smoked some good basket pipes, that the engineering you know looking at it, you'd say, no way this this thing is not going to smoke, and it just it smokes great um, but a straight drill and um you know the the hole the draft hole being in the right place and then in the bowl is definitely. Uh, what
0: you want to look for. All right. Now, I love asking this because I screwed up a couple of pipes, but when you first started working on repairing and restoring, did you uh, screw up some pipes beautifully?
3: Uh, I've got a five-gallon bucket that's almost full of screwed up pipes. Absolutely. I still screw them up today.
0: And hopefully not with anybody that sent in a pipe to you.
3: Oh, no, 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 no. These are uh, pipes that I say, well, I'm going to try this and uh, I'm going to see what this does. And it's more experimenting when I say I screw up a pipe. But certainly, you know, when I started it, was I, I didn't challenge myself on uh, anyone else's pipes or anything like that. So.
0: What's the worst pipe you've ever seen?
3: Uh, the worst pipe I've ever seen was a Kate Woody uh straight grain uh it's an oval pipe that I restored that was uh identical to my grandfather's that he smoked um, and I have the pictures to prove it on the uh website there I go through the uh process of how I restored this pipe
0: yeah now how do you all right every reamer is built to be round but yet the the oval bold or vest pocket pipes are oval, bold. How do you get in there and ream that out?
3: That was a good question that I asked myself when I took on this uh, this project, but um, the Dremel tool uh, has some contractions that if you have a steady artistic hand you can uh, get in there and uh, straighten things out that you, know, you can't get a normal reamer into. So I uh, plugged in the Dremel and used some various Stone sanding tools and it was like an artist's paintbrush and taking away the briar where it needs to be taken away and taking some of the briar that I took away and adding it back with some blue and some uh, dented areas and that was that. (laughs) Uh,
0: Is there a a basic price for a Riemann clean and then uh, prices go up from there?
3: Um, it, it all depends. It's, uh, you know, how much work's involved. Um, um, normally it's around $25 for, for a uh, full restoration. Um, this would include, you know, the stem work, um, you know, uh, polishing and, and restaining the pipes and uh, correcting any cosmetic or uh, engineering issues.
0: And then the other question I like to ask restoration people is, uh, is there a tobacco that cakes up harder than others?
3: Uh, <laughs> um Goopy aromatics.
0: And, and of course, we love the goopy aromatics, but uh, we just don't like the thick, heavy cake that they leave. Exactly. All right, so let, let's go back to your own pipe smoking. Uh Did you try all kinds of aromatics in English and Virginias?
3: I tried a a couple of aromatics, the uh, -the over-the-counter Middletons, some of the Smoker's Pride blends, the rum flavors, the cherries, the vanillas. And um, I really fell in love when I I watched uh, YouTube and saw what those guys were smoking in those pretty tins. And beautiful flakes, and uh, went on and ordered me some Samuel Gallup and full uh, Virginia Flake, and I've been a Virginia smoker ever since.
0: And never looked back.
3: Never looked back. Uh,
0: do you smoke while you're while you're doing while you're doing your art?
3: Mainly in the winter. In the summertime, I smoke uh, less. Um, don't do the heat very well, and I do not smoke indoors, so mainly an outside activity. So when it's cool outside, I can bring my pipes out on the back porch and fire up a bowl and work on pipes.
0: Wait a second. You grew up in South Carolina, and you went to school in Georgia, and you moved up here, and you don't handle the heat very well?
3: I hate the heat.
0: Well, yeah, you
3: must—you
0: must have loved living in Florida.
3: It's not so much the heat; it's not so much the heat as the humidity. You know, when you go outside to draw cartoons and your paper curls, it's within five minutes it's too humid and too hot. <laughs> or
0: you—or you get mosquitoes stuck to the paper. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you find that during the summertime you like different tobaccos over others during the winter?
3: I do. I uh, My favorite tobacco, actually, to smoke in the uh, summertime is Orlick Golden Slice. So I think it's just an easy, crisp, nice, it's like uh, drinking a Corona. It's just a summer, summertime smoke.
0: Now I want a beer. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so what are you doing full-time for a living now?
3: I actually uh, do full-time screen print artwork for uh, my main account, actually, is Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure. Um, I design and uh, print all of their T-shirts for every affiliate in the United States and uh, around the world.
0: Do you have the capacity to do uh, small runs, say, for like a pipe club or a, uh, or a pipe group?
3: we normally are are uh, run is 500 shirts is the minimum that we will
0: print so you're a uh, you're a high capacity high speed line
3: yeah
0: absolutely have you ever done any uh, any pipe smoking related artwork
3: um i have not uh really done any pipe related artwork um I used to create beer labels for home brewers, um, but, uh, you know, I haven't really gotten into the, doing any kind of t-shirt designs or anything like that. Not to say that I wouldn't. Um, I've just never really thought about that.
0: Well, there's a whole new idea for you.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> I knew you were good for something, Brian.
0: I, Contrary to a lot of people, I come up with a, an occasional idea that actually works somehow. Maybe, occasionally, uh, I will. Okay. I, I will tell you. Since I last saw you, I uh, actually got a hand signed, uh, a hand signed cell of Goofy smoking a pipe that was signed by Mark Davis. Nice. I've yet to frame it, but I'll put a picture of it up on the on the show page so that everybody can see the uh, see the cell itself.
3: That would be great. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you get the phone working?
0: Uh no, but uh Mickey is staring at the back of my head right now as we're talking and uh yeah, still don't have a landline cuz I'm very modern. <laughs> uh but he is staring at the back of my head as we're talking. Uh let's also talk real quick. There's a uh there's a gathering of uh pipe smokers uh every one Sunday a month here in town.
3: Uh, yeah, there is, um, Concord Bike Club, um, I think we meet at, uh, McGraney's.
0: And what day of the week or month is it, and when can we, uh, when can we crash the party?
3: Um, I'm not real sure on that one, Brian.
0: Okay, we'll have to find out from Basil. Yeah,
3: I haven't been in a couple months.
0: Uh, One last thing, pipe repair related. How hard is it to match the existing stain of an old pipe?
3: Well, I use uh, various leather dyes, um, and uh, it could be difficult. Uh, Normally, I've uh, got it down to a science and and have a good eye for matching the uh, different stains to get the desired result result. Um, but, I uh, again, I attribute that to, you know, having an artist's eye.
0: Now, will you take that wood all the way down? You'll, you'll take the existing stain off and go all the way down to raw wood or fresh wood and then restain it?
3: Again, it, it just depends on, you know, the shape of the pipe. If it has a, a dent uh, in the bowl, if someone's dropped the pipe. Um, a lot of times I'll take, you know, the, the if it's been... Uh, coated with some kind of sealant or varnish I can take it off with using uh, denatured alcohol and acetone um, and then other times I do I take it down to uh, bare wood and it's a lot of elbow grace to do that
0: Is it easier to just fix the one spot or f- match the entire stain or re-stain the entire it's, pipe? Act, most of
3: the time it's actually you know uh, matching the entire thing and so I, it's better to just Do the whole thing. Take it down and restain the whole pipe.
0: How many hours will that take you?
3: Mm, I usually do two pipes a day.
0: And do you stop to eat or do anything else?
3: Not while I'm working on a pipe, I do not.
0: (laughs) And if the kids need something, don't worry about it, they'll be okay.
3: I do not hear anybody talking or asking me questions. I am in the pipe. And, and, and you know, the kids, they know old daddy's working on pipes. Well, we do not bother him.
0: Wow. I wish I could get that one. Uh, you'll have to tell me how to do that. But, all right, we years, will. Years and
3: years of training.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answers. Whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Alright, what is your favorite pipe?
3: My favorite pipe is a uh, Sabinelli short pipe. It is a uh, short apple.
0: And what is your favorite tobacco?
3: Favorite tobacco is uh, McClellan's 5100 Red Cake.
0: And what's your favorite drink?
3: I'm actually drinking some right now. It is Diet Cheerwine. Made here in Concord, North
0: Carolina. That's a Carolina boy for you. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music?
3: I prefer the Pipes Magazine
0: radio show. Ooh, you get bonus points. Um, <laughs> last question is: Is there a particularly favorite pipe smoking related memory that we didn't that we didn't talk about?
3: Oh, man, I have so many pipe-related memories. Uh, Let's let's go back and see if I can find a good one. Um, It would be, I I would say, my grandfather smoking his pipe, and um, he called it his circus pipe because of the oval-shaped hole. And and then going online and actually finding after four years of searching for the that pipe he smoked and finding it and restoring it. um, And I have not smoked it yet. I just have it sitting right
0: here where I can stare at it. Sounds like a perfectly wonderful memory.
3: Wonderful.
0: All right, so check out uh, Lance's site, bornagainpipes.wordpress.com. Email him with any questions, whatever, problems, and uh, send your pipes that way. Lance, thank you very much for joining us.
3: Thank you, Brian, for having me.
0: We'll be back in just a minute. <laughs>
1: I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com. I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com. This is Internet Radio.
0: Welcome back. Alright, I know that as soon as I get my pipe cabinet fixed up the way I want it, uh, several of my pipes are going over to Lance to get the stems cleaned up. That project is uh, still down the road a little bit. Alright, for music, suggested by my friend Dan Locklear is uh, George Butterworth, and this piece is called The Banks of Green Willow. It's... uh, timely because uh george butterworth a english composer and pipe smoker was uh, killed in august of 1916 at the battle of Somme. i'm gonna pronounce it that way uh which is the first major uh the first big offensive of the uh of world war one which was a uh, hundred years ago it's a uh, lovely piece it's a little longer than something that i would normally play but uh The Banks of Green Willow is a beautiful piece by George Butterworth. I thought that that was an absolutely beautiful piece and a perfect way to uh, commemorate the start of the 100th anniversary of the uh, war to end all wars. We all know how that worked out. We have World War II. Alert 1,
1: alert 1. Incoming emergency action message.
0: Let's do a quick recap of my uh, trip for you. Uh, So the smoker-friendly group, again, is primarily uh, discount tobacco outlets the uh The big part of the conference is to uh, gather and show the uh you know show the private label products just for them uh, at the same time it's also informational and uh, Tom Bryant from the NATO organization spoke and he clearly said that uh, the big news is that bulk tobacco or tobacco blending in stores for now is fine. There is no restriction on it at this moment there can be coming up in the future but that's exactly what Tom Bryant said uh he said that bulk uh that blending tobacco until uh, the end of this year or if one of these lawsuits kicks in uh the lawsuits are still waiting for hearings there was one that was just announced recently where the uh packaging if the label is changed that does not constitute a change in the product so that was uh, good news for us in the tobacco industry because the courts at least sided with us uh the rest of the uh, show in uh denver uh the restaurant at the hotel did some wonderful different variations of uh, sandwiches and meals with uh, buffalo or bison so i got to eat bison three different times and uh You know, got a good response to Amphora. A lot of different cigar companies were there and uh, showing off their wares and trying to get people to pick them up. All right, in the mailbag, the traditional mailbag, we have one comment. That's from Casey Ghost from last week's show. He said, I like pipe parts with its reading of the archaeological finding of the tobacco seed at a 12,000-year-old site. Doesn't answer the question of which came first, the tobacco or the pipe. (laughs) No, it doesn't, but uh, maybe the uh, tobacco came first. Uh, He he goes on to say, I remember meeting Micah at Premel's in 2014. He was a little on the quiet side, but that may have been a function of how loud the other people were. I hope the move to Briarworks works out for him. Can't remember the music, so it wasn't memorable. Okay, I can't remember it either. That was last week. Um, Again, any comments or questions or suggestions for the show, please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page right there on uh, pipesmagazine.com. We would appreciate an iTunes rating or review. If you're on iTunes, please do that for us. That does help the show stay up high in the rankings. And uh, as iTunes goes, hey, they still haven't fixed those problems. So if you're listening to this show on iTunes, you do need to hit subscribe, and you'll see that there's uh, two, other ish, uh, two other episodes that will show up in your feed because iTunes still hasn't fixed that issue and uh, the other issue with the what's hot. All right, in just a minute, rant time.
1: I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series, the secret ingredient, is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information.
2: Boy. Cowboy.
0: Can you say pretentious? I knew you could. Go ahead, say it. Pretentious. Alright, so I get on the plane last week and I sit down and there's a couple that comes on the plane right after me and sits right across the aisle from me. They're probably in their late 60s, early 70s and uh, the, you know, the pretentious type of people that have all kinds of jewelry and doodads on and whatever and have to bring on their uh, all their fancy luggage and have to find space for it and everything and I'm watching them and you know going through all the routine and motions and i noticed that the ladies in her you know mid to late 60s and obviously has had more work done on her than a 1947 chevy but i did notice that he was the gentleman was wearing a bright gold fancy rolex watch on his right hand now what made me pay attention to that is if you wear your watch on your right hand more often than not you're left-handed And he's wearing French cuffs, but the cuffs are cut so that the watch will stay out. And I'm kind of eyeballing the watch and watching these folks get on and you know, settled into the plane. And they're going through their routine because they're more special than anybody else. But then, once he gets seated, and I snapped a photo of it and put it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page, uh, it looks like on his left hand he's got an Apple watch. Yeah, yeah, he's actually got an Apple Watch on his left hand and a gold Rolex on his right hand. Now, I know from being left-handed that if I was going to get an Apple Watch, I'd put it on my right hand so that I could operate it with my dominant hand, right? Does it make sense to you? Makes sense to me. Well, he has the Apple Watch on his left hand, And he's playing with it, and sure enough, he's running it with his right hand, so that means that he's purely wearing the gold Rolex for show. Alright, nice of him to show off his jewelry and be very nice, pretentious people, but also at the same time be connected to all things technology. Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to the Pipes Magazine radio show on that that Apple Watch, because now I'd be embarrassed that I called him out. Um, Anyway, fun observations while sitting on an airplane. All right, once again, please email me any questions or comments. If you'd like to advertise on the Pipes Magazine radio show, contact Kevin Godby. He handles all that stuff. I hope to see a lot of you this weekend in Columbus at the NASPC Pipe Show. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Lance for joining me. And until next time. Happy
4: bomba to bomba Until bomba meet bomba Happy Trails to bomba dira bomba dira bomba dira bomba bomba dira bomba bomba dira bomba bomba Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails trails to you
2: till we
4: meet again. again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Due to construction, the information highway will be closed until further notice.